You are listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a World Affairs Council conversation with authoritative voices discussing significant newsmaking issues and individuals. Andres Ramos Goldman is the executive director of the Justice Rapid Response, an organization that brings highly qualified expertise in forensic investigations to bring to justice the perpetrators of some of the most heinous crimes imaginable. Thank you so much for joining us on Global IQ Minute. Thank you, Jim. It's a real pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you. Why don't we start by telling us how a seasoned Canadian diplomat ended up with an organization such as JRR? Well, there's always a eureka moment in these situations. And my eureka moment was sometime in 1997. I was working in corporate law, mergers and acquisitions, and I heard about negotiations for a global permanent international criminal court. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what I need to be doing. It's one of those visceral things that you feel in your gut, probably was influenced by the fact that both of my parents are Holocaust survivors. And being a lawyer and, and a diplomat, I had the skills to try to help. And so that's what drove me. I was very privileged to be able to have a chance to work on things like the foundation of the Sierra Leone Special Court and putting together the International Criminal Court as an institution. And you studied at Georgetown University, didn't you? I did. And then did you practice law as a time before, or did you enter directly the Foreign Service? I practiced law before entering the Foreign Service, and then I left the Foreign Service for a while and to practice law, and then I came back to the Foreign Service. And then you found your true calling. And I found my true calling, exactly. And then for the last, certainly for the last seven years, Justice Rapid Response is what I've been doing. So what does it really do? Justice Rapid Response tries to fill a gap that exists in the way that the international community is trying to address mass atrocities. And the gap is that if you don't have expert, qualified, properly trained professionals to do the investigations. People who have not just the skills and the experience, but also the cultural affinity, the legal affinity, speak the languages of the place and the people where they're investigating, you're not going to do the best job possible in investigating these crimes. And the investigations are the foundation of any accountability process. You don't get the investigation right, everything else that's built on top of it is shaky. And so, if you want to convince a population that has come out of conflict that they should start trusting in the rule of law again, you have to demonstrate to them that the accountability for the wrongs that they have suffered is done properly. If you can't do that, they won't believe in the rule of law and they'll just continue to retaliate and then the cycles of violence will continue. You know, I attended a meeting that was sponsored by the Aga Khan Foundation and the keynote said, the toughest time for a country is not just during the period of civil war, but when the war ends. And I think that's what you're really saying, isn't it? It is not enough to do the big things, the grand things, the visible things that we have been doing and we've been spending a lot of money on, especially over the last 25 years, of creating institutions and courts and, and treaties. It's also important to pay attention to the detail. Why and how? Why will they work? How will they work? But you have these institutions like the Criminal Court of Justice and so much money has been spent. Why are there voids in the process? I think there are lots of reasons. I'm one of the biggest supporters of the international system as we have it. I don't think 
we could possibly replace the one we have. But it is a system that was built on a model designed in the 1950s. Today, in the 20-teens, we have a world where information flows much quicker, it flows to much larger parts of the world. Practically everybody in the world has cell phones. So we have a very different situation today than we had in the 1950s. The reaction time of institutions and countries today has to be much faster. It's no longer enough to put whoever is available, whenever they are available, to do a certain job. Today you have to put the right expert into the right place at the right time. If you go to a doctor and you have a certain problem, you're not going to go and have that problem taken care of by a GP. You'll go to a specialist, or your GP will send you to a specialist. This is what we are. We are the providers of those specialists. And who brings you into the case? Countries, international institutions, regional organizations, civil society organizations, even victims, anyone who has the right and the jurisdiction to pursue accountability for mass atrocities can ask us to provide investigators and experts to help make sure that the case that they're making is put together as well as possible. Let me ask you this, and you mentioned you know, in the 1940s and 50s, that's when these international institutions were established. And there you were working with states. Now we have all these non-state actors. So where do you fit in with that? This is a very good question. One of the innovations that we have been able to provide is that instead of just using experts from states, we use experts from every part of the international community, governments, international institutions, civil society, private sector. We've broken down the many silos that we have. The governments will only work with governments, international institutions work their own way, civil society has its own responsibility. Experts exist everywhere in the system. We've broken that down. We've taken experts. The value added is to bring them together into one institution that can become a 24-7, one-stop shop for international criminal justice and human rights expertise that can get to you quickly. Today we face a lot more and a lot different threats than we did 70 years ago. We didn't have the fragmentation of, of non-state actors that we have today. So the situation is more complex, therefore we have to bring the strength of the international community to bear. We have just a few minutes left. Can you be very specific and give us a case that JR worked on? Let me go back a couple of years to a situation that happened in Haiti. After the earthquake in a small town called Lekai, where there was a prison, there was a riot in the prison. The, the police and the prison guards put down the riot rather brutally. Many prisoners were killed, many more were wounded. A subsequent government inquiry and the subsequent United Nations inquiry were both found to be flawed because they didn't look very closely at what happened. It was felt that they were politicized processes. Consequence was that in Haiti, political tensions grew over the fact that this is an incident that was not properly investigated. And the United States actually stopped providing development assistance to the justice sector hmm. in Haiti until such time as this situation was properly investigated. The government of Haiti and the UN jointly asked Justice Rep Response to provide the experts and the international commissioners for an inquiry. Our experts spent many weeks working in Haiti to prepare a report. The report went to both the government of Haiti and, and to the United Nations. On the basis of that report, a prosecution was started a year or so later and there were eight convictions of senior officials, senior Haitian officials, police and prison officials for what happened. The situation in Haiti calmed down because the investigation was seen to be proper and the report was seen to be balanced. And the United States 
resume assistance to the justice sector in Haiti. That's exciting. No wonder you are so passionate about your work. Where can our listeners learn more about JRR? www.justicerapidresponse.org. And I think you're eager to speak at more World Affairs Councils. I would very much like to have the opportunity to do that. We are not an advocacy organization. Our only aim is to make sure that the right expertise gets to the right place at the right time. So opportunities for us to let the world know that this is an important piece of the international criminal justice pie is few and far between. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest on Global IQ Minute. Let's go out and meet our members. We have quite a few out there who are eager to hear your speech. Thank you for listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. For information about a World Affairs Council in your community, visit worldaffairscouncils.org. Thank you.